Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into my top 10 February-born actors in today's episode. We reap the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. This is the penultimate month-born actors uh, list that I'll be doing uh, before shifting only to the decades-born actors and then hopefully and then eventually um, getting back on a actual January to, to December cycle finally taking me that long um, so yeah February born actors there are quite a bunch uh, compared to say the pre-1900s born actors probably a few more recognizable names on this list than that one uh, looking at last year's top 10 uh, we've got quite a few new names I believe one two three four five names from last year or from 2018's list uh, are still around have, have survived through to 2020 and that's good you know you like to see some some people stay you like to see some new people enter and uh, that's what makes the legacy of, of these lists for me uh, exciting and interesting to think about and, and consider so, <clears throat> with all of that being said, without any further ado, let's jump into our number 10. Number 10, highest rated actor born in February. Uh, born February 17th, 1991. Same year as me, from the United Kingdom, with 11 film credits to her name, an average film rating of 6882 no Oscar nominations, a value of 8, a score of 66.23 to be ranked 125th overall is Miss Bonnie Wright. If you're not familiar with Bonnie Wright by name, she plays Ginny in all of the Harry Potter movies. That's, uh, you know, have <laughs> been a, quite a few uh, Harry Potter alumnus in these top 10 lists in the past uh she barely barely clings onto this spot over uh the current number 11 which is michael ensign who is very close uh to her at this point outside of the harry potter films i've seen her in three movies the sea which i was not a fan of it is a uh, uh it stars uh kieran hines charlotte rampling rufus sewell among others, didn't really care for the sea. Uh, the other film, another film, is After the Dark, which I do like, uh, starring James Darcy and Bonnie Wright and a couple of other younger actors. It's a interesting sort of fantasy philosophy film that I was really excited for. You know, when I saw it or saw saw previews for it back when it came out. I like it a lot more than apparently most other people. It only has a 2.6 average score on Rotten Tomatoes. I gave it a three and a half. Uh, but uh, maybe that one deserves a rewatch, I suppose. And the 11th film, which apparently is not, or which is not listed on Letterboxd, is Creating the World of Harry Potter Characters. So just a documentary where she plays herself. That said, uh, I do really enjoy Bonnie Wright's 
um, Ginny. I think she does a good job of, of playing the character. I think some of the writing for Ginny uh, didn't quite match up with the source, which I know I'm not the only one who is a little put off by that. But I think, you know, she does a really good job. She looks the part. She, she has the... She grows into that part very well. Um, she doesn't have a ton of film credits on Letterboxd. Uh, there's nine films here that I haven't seen, and some of them look downright just um, really puzzling. So the most popular film of hers that I haven't seen has only been watched by 47 people, and that's My Dad is Scrooge. Um, so uh, she plays the voice of an animal in this movie, and it's about two kids whose father is, I guess, Scrooge. Yeah, moving on. Uh, there's a film called Before I Sleep with David Warner and Tom Sizemore. There is an Agatha Christie biopic starring Olivia Williams. Um, a retelling of the Swiss Family Robinson film, 2002. A short film from 2015 called Sweat. Uh, Who Killed Nelson Nutmeg? Oh boy. Another Christmas Carol version. So the My Dad is Scrooge is from 2014. A Christmas Carol from 2018 in which Bonnie Wright plays the top build person on Letterboxd. But they are not. She is not uh, Scrooge. Disney Parks Christmas Day Parade. That's a thing. And logged by zero people from 2014 is how not to rob a train so the options are very very limited um of course if you know when we get close to next february i see that she's still threatening to stick around in the top 10 and no new films of hers are out uh i will try to find at least one of those movies to see it before uh doing this episode again bonnie wright was not on the list two years ago she was not quite high enough however Two of her co-stars in many of the Harry Potter films were James and Oliver Phelps, playing her two brothers, uh, Fred and George Weasley. And she's here. I I don't know. I kind of wish Bonnie Wright got more roles, but it is what it is. She's got a long life ahead of her if she wants to do that. So, number 10, born in February, number 125 overall. Bonnie Wright. Number nine, perhaps a much more recognizable name, born February 10th, 1967 in California, 38 films to her name, an average film rating of 60.5, two Oscar nominations, including a win this year, a value of nine, a score of 66.48 to be ranked 116th overall is Laura Dern. Laura Dern, uh, someone I love in film. I think she's just a really great actor in in pretty much everything I've seen her in. Uh, I watched quite a few films from with her in them uh, in the last couple of weeks uh, and month or two. In you know from you know, even if you go back to December to Marriage Story and Little Women, uh, and then more recently I watched Wild at Heart. I watched 
Um, let's see here. Looking down the list. Da, 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 da. Bobby Jean documentary from 2017. Trespassing Bergman from 2013, another documentary. Uh, Fat Man and Little Boy from 1989. Brave Town from 2015. Uh, most of which were fine to not fine. But ultimately, you know, when you include Little Women and Marriage Story, which I loved both of those films, uh, it was pretty tough to push her out of this top 10 list this year. She's got, you know, she won an Oscar for her role in Marriage Story. She was nominated for her performance in Wild a couple of years ago. And, you know, she's been, she's been iconic in, in film since, you know, since Jurassic Park, since, you know, Wild at Heart was, uh, you know, a couple of years before that. And uh, even, you know, a couple of years ago in uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi as Holdo. She's had a very, very long and varied career in Hollywood, swinging from the big ones to the smaller films. You know, The Master, The Fault in Our Stars, Jurassic Park 3, uh, and then, of course, being over on television in Big Little Lies, which I've only seen the first season, but it's really good, and she's good in it. Some of the films of hers I haven't seen, um, ignoring Twin Peaks The Return, are A Perfect World from 1993, Ladies and Gentlemen, The Fabulous Stains from 1982. She is currently uh, in the cast list for Jurassic World 3 coming next year, uh, Smooth Talk from 1985, Recount from 2008, and Dr. T and the Women interesting uh other films uh let's see i don't know if there are any other films that are on here that are to be released and there aren't there aren't it's just jurassic world 3 i thought jurassic world was fine i thought fallen kingdom was awful and if jurassic world 3 you know i, I don't have any i have no faith in it being a good movie but obviously i'll go see it because it's gonna make a bunch of money and that's all that's you know that's sometimes that's all that matters and Lara Dern's in it so how, how she'll be good maybe not everything else uh, it's great to see um her reprising that role again um of uh, of ellie Ellie's so Ellie's so fun. So my number nine, born in February, uh, ranked 116th overall, is Laura Dern. Number eight, uh, she was also not on the list two years ago, for the record. Uh, number eight, someone who else who was not on the list two years ago, and probably the least familiar pop, you know, least familiar name on this list, even to me. Uh, born February 23rd, 1868. 1868. Passing away October 22nd, 1946, at the age of 78, from California. Nine film credits to his name, an average film rating of 71.56. No Oscar nominations. A value of eight, a score of 66.55, to be ranked 113th overall. 
is Henry Bergman. Now, he was not on the list two years ago. Henry Bergman is not a, you know, background actor, despite what you may expect, uh, given, you know, when he was born and, and so on, uh, and the unfamiliarity with his name. Henry Bergman was mostly featured in Charlie Chaplin films. Uh, so Modern Times and City Lights, The Kid, The Gold Rush, The Circus, The Immigrant, Easy Street, The Rink, and, and many others are, you know, he's playing some of the more prominent uh, secondary characters in these films um, that Chaplin interacts with. You know, Charlie Chaplin films are generally one, maybe two principal characters, and everybody else is just kind of facilitating those needs. And he's one of the, you know, recurring people who's able to do that. And, you know, uh, you know, he, he's, you know, born in 1868, one of the oldest people to be on my spreadsheet. Uh, he got his, got his start, you know, in, in the 1800s doing productions in, you know, productions in the park, live theater, things like that. Uh, and, uh, you know, finally sort of hitched himself to Charlie Chaplin uh, in, you know, the mid-19-teens. So, you know, he's um, he's a pretty, pretty, pretty substantial guy, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, knowing that I'm going to be watching more Charlie Chaplin films as over the course of my life, I will absolutely be seeing more of Henry Bergman in those films. Some of his films that I haven't seen yet, that will be seen at some point, A Dog's Life from 1918, The Idol Class, Shoulder Arms, Payday, The Adventurer, Sunnyside, The Pawn Shop, which I believe is the first film that Henry Bergman was in from Char of Charlie Chaplin's, the Vagabond, Behind the Screen, The Fuller Walker, The Count, and, you know, I'm sure some of those are short films and some of those are features, but, uh, yeah, all Chaplin. They are all Chaplin. So, yeah, Henry Bergman is, you know, he his, his success depends entirely on the quality of Charlie Chaplin's earlier films, and at this point, they're, they're really helping him out. They're doing him a good, good, good job. So, number eight, born in February... Number 113th overall, Henry Bergman. Number seven is the first person on this list that was here two years ago. Uh, dropping four spots, though. Dropping from third to seventh. Uh, born February 22nd, 1950 in the United Kingdom. Uh, with 27 film credits to her name. An average film rating of 61.89. One Oscar nomination, no wins. A value of 10, a score of 67.62 to be ranked 92nd overall. We've broached, we've, we've breached the top 100 with Julie Walters. Uh, so Harry Potter strikes again. Julie Walters playing uh, Ginny Weasley's mother, uh, as it turns out. And you know, that goes a long way. She's in seven of the eight Harry Potter films. And that... Like I said, you know, they're not all fantastic, they're not all great, but they are all solid to good, and, you know, that's a strong base to have. She is also a voice in Brave, she has been in both Paddington films, both Mamma Mia films, she was in Mary Poppins Returns, uh, Brooklyn, more recently she was in Wild Rose, 
and um, it's kind of it. Uh, maybe the most recent film that I've seen her in is The Queen's Corgi from last year, which is a very, very, very terrible animated film that I don't encourage anybody to watch. Uh, so, you know, that doesn't help. That's probably part of the reason why she's dropped a few spots in the time since. Uh, two years ago, I'd seen her in 19 films. That number is up to 27. So eight films in two years is not bad. The time, her average film rating was 71 and a half. It has dropped all the way to 61.9. So a pretty big hit uh, to her average rating uh, since then. Uh, you know, Mamma Mia 2 was in there. Uh, Sherlock Gnomes might have been in there too, uh, possibly. Both of those are not super, super great. Uh, but I do like Julie Walters. I like, I think she's great as um, Mrs. Weasley. I think, you know, she's really fun in the Paddington films. I liked her in Wild Rose as well as uh, Jesse Buckley's mother. And, you know, even outside of the more mainstream films like Becoming Jane or, uh, I don't know, uh, prick up your ears. I think she's she's done a really good job in those two films as well. So that's yeah, that's that's where Julie Walters is at. Some of the films of hers I haven't seen, uh, sorted by popularity. Educating Rita from 1983, 2013's One Chance, 2014's Effie Gray, the uh, Henry the Fourth and Henry the Fifth Shakespeare, The Hollow Crown film slash presumably plays I think uh, that were put on film uh, A Grand Night In The Story of Ardman based on Ardman animations uh, Justin and the Knights of Valor 1985's Dream Child tw- uh, a 2020 version of The Secret Garden I um, I was not aware of it but uh, it's on it's here it's coming uh, it's the only film uh, on Letterboxd currently that is uh, announced that she's coming on, she's going to be in in the future. And I like The Secret Garden, so I will be there for that. And uh, a bunch of others, you know, I've only gotten, she's got almost 100 film credits on Letterboxd, so there's quite a few that I haven't seen. And that means there's a lot more Julie Walters to uh, experience and enjoy. So dropping four spots from two years ago, from third to seventh, uh, currently number seventh uh, in February and number ninety second overall, Julie Walters. Number six, another newcomer to the top ten list in February, born February eighth. 1926, passing away August 10th, 2018, at the age of 92, from Japan, with seven film credits to her name, an average film rating of 77.86, the highest average rating of anybody on this top 10 list, no Oscar nominations, a value of 8.5, a score of 69.06, to be ranked 77th overall, is Kin Sugai. Now, I've talked kind of about Kurosawa... Uh, here and there, you know, especially in these top 10 actress lists. And predominantly, the people he works with consistently are men. Uh, Toshiro Mifune, Tatsuya Nakadai, um, and, and others. Uh, I know there's another big one I'm missing. Uh, Takashi Shimura. A uh, couple of big names that, you know, are in a lot of his movies. 
and Kinsugai is, as far as I can tell, the most frequent collaborator he's had with uh, a female. For what that's worth, uh, his female-led films are not particularly well, or not female-led, but his his female leads, his female characters, not particularly well written in uh, Kurosawa's films. It was probably his weakest aspect to them, uh, but. Kintsugai has been in Ikiro, High and Low, Kwaidan, uh, Red Beard, The Bad Sleep Well. Uh, Kwaidan, of course, not Kurosawa. And, and she, she was also in the third part of The Human Condition, uh, which I've talked about. Um, Kwaidan and uh, The Human Condition, both from uh, Masaki Kobayashi. She was also in uh, the first original Godzilla from 1954 by Ishiro Honda, which is very good. And that's it. Those are the seven. Those are the seven films she's been in. Uh, the most recent one I've seen, I believe, is The Bad Sleep Well, which uh, is a lower-tier Kurosawa for me, uh, personally, but uh, still good, still a solid film. She's got 66 films listed on Letterboxd, so a lot of things to find and discover her in, including When a Woman, when a woman Ascends the Stairs, uh, and uh, after that, it starts to become more difficult to pronounce these. Dodeska Den, Pigs and Battleships, 1956's Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which is an English-edited like co-production of the original Godzilla. You also have the, This Transient Life from 1970, A Sun Tribe Myth from the Bakumatsu era, The Funeral, Black River, The Inheritance, Yakuza Graveyard, Fire Festival, Stakeout, and The Approach of Autumn, among many, many others. And, yeah, just scrolling down the list here, nothing I really recognize. When a Woman Ascends the Stairs, I'm familiar with that, but all these other posters, except for, you know, Godzilla, are a little, uh, little foreign. Uh, she's won, she's, she's an award-winning actress, having won uh, Best Supporting Actress, at the ninth Hochi Film Award uh, for her role in The Funeral. So that might be one to check out. And that's it. Kinsugai. Uh, it's nice to see her on this list. I think, uh, you know, only seven films, and I think the same is true of Henry Bergman. It doesn't, when you have that few films on these lists, it's so easy to drop. Uh, I watched it happen literally today somebody who was originally going to be in this top 10 list found a film on imdb that i had seen that wasn't on letterboxd and it's not a good film and it dropped them out of from fifth in february down to uh 16th so uh it's very easy to fall like a stone on these rankings and kinsugai is very much in a vulnerable position so it'll be uh It'll be interesting to see how how her uh, how her career and and as far as my top ten lists continues. So number six, born in February, number seventy seven overall, Kin Sugai. Welcome to the top ten list. Number five is somebody who was previously ranked first overall in February. First first in February. Sorry, uh, two years ago they were number one. Now they have dropped to fifth. Born. 
February 21st, 1946, passing away January 14th, 2016. At the age of 69, from the United Kingdom, 34 film credits to his name that I've seen, an average film rating of 61.71. No Oscar nominations that I've seen. I don't think he has any. Uh, 11, value of 11, a score of 69.28 to be ranked 74th overall is Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Uh, once again, Harry Potter rears its ugly head. Well, not ugly, but rears its head. Uh, Alan Rickman also buoyed by his roles in Die Hard, Sweeney Todd, uh, Galaxy Quest, uh, Sense and Sensibility, The Butler, Michael Collins, Bob Roberts, a film I'm very fond of, uh, and, and a handful of others, you know, The Never Surrender, a Galaxy Quest documentary, and so on and so forth. I watched a couple of his films recently, including a, The Song of Lunch, which I was thought was okay-ish. Noble Son, which is pretty, pretty bad. Uh, and, uh, one, I don't know, and, of course, Never Surrender I saw quite recently as well. Alan Rickman is great. Alan Rickman is fantastic. Uh, he's one of the best actors around. He had just an incredible screen presence, an incredible voice. You could pick him out of, you know, a lineup blindfolded, uh, that kind of a, that, that kind of a gravitas. He was so perfect, ca such perfect casting for Snape in the Harry Potter films. Um, and I think he just, he, you know, he understood that, that character so well. Uh, it, it really made those movies so much better uh, by having him in them. And the same is true in Die Hard. Uh, as the villain of Die Hard, he does, he he gives a character who I think is not that, doesn't have great writing underneath them, uh, a, a real, gives them real dimension in his performance. And that goes a long way. It goes a really long way in that movie. He's also been in Love Actually, both Alice in Wonderland films, uh, Dogma, Eye in the Sky, Hitchhiker's Guide, uh, perfume the story of a murderer. Uh, I mean, just just a lot, a lot of stuff. He's got six, about seventy film credits on Letterboxd, so I'm I'm close to half of that, almost cl close to half of that. Uh, some of the films of his I haven't seen. Uh, the the most glaring omission is Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I believe I have seen a portion of this when I was younger. And I just have to watch watch it in its enti in its entirety uh, for the first time. I, it's soon. Uh, CBGB from 2013, Quigley Down Under from 1990, Truly Madly Deeply also from 1990, uh, Snow Cake from 06, A Promise from 2013, Help I'm a Fish from 2000, uh, Something the Lord Made 04. Closetland, 91, Close My Eyes, An Awfully Big Adventure, Blow Dry. Uh, a lot. Uh, quite a few films that I'm familiar with, having at least seen them in poster form on Letterboxd or actively tried to seek them out and not being able to find them, things like that. Uh, yeah. Alan Rickman. Uh, you know, he, I'm sure I, I waxed poetic about him 
two years ago. The time I'd seen him in 24 films, so 10 films later, uh, he drops to fifth. His average film rating went down about nine points, and I, I hope he stays on this list because it's always nice to be able to talk about Alan Rickman and be reminded that there are still more movies that he's in that I haven't seen. Number five, born in February, number 74 overall, Alan Rickman. Number four, another another actor who was on this list two years ago. No change to their overall ranking. Uh, born February 9th, 1893. Passing away December 23rd, 1982, at the age of 89. In Italy. Uh, 29 film credits to his name, an average film rating of 63.83. No Oscar nominations, a value of 12, a score of 71.71 to be ranked 41st, so top 50 now, with Gino Corrado. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that Gino Corrado was on the most recent... Oh, no, he wasn't. He was not on the most recent top 10 list of actors born in, before 1900. Uh, so, uh, which he looks like he would have been now. So a couple of films that I've seen him in since that list was even recorded. Uh, 29 films now. I had seen him in 17 two years ago. So 12 new films for him. His average film rating was 71.5. It has now dropped to 63.8. So... You know, everybody's, you know, every average, all these average film ratings keep going down, keep going down. You know, low 60s is is the new norm for, for some of the higher ranked people on the list. Um, and, you know, still fourth, some of the films, let's see, what here, what have I seen? I saw D.W. Griffith's Intolerance for the first time a couple of, you know, about a week or so ago. I saw, what else? I Walk Alone looks from, uh, you know, that one's fairly recent, but I think it was before the last recording. I saw Road to Rio fairly recently. Take a Letter, Darling, fairly recently. But I think it's Intolerance. I think D.W. Griffith's, Griffith's Intolerance is the big one that pushed him up um, to, to back to forth, as it were. And, uh, you know, D.W. You know, Griffith. Griffith, also the director of the much maligned The Birth of a Nation from 1914, I think, 15, 1915, uh, you know, one of the more racist films that's ever been made, and a lot of, a lot of the sort of publicity around intolerance pegged it as the sort of uh, answer, as the, you know, this is, this is the opposite of what the birth of a nation is and having not seen the birth of the Na- birth of a nation just yet i can say that intolerance's themes are pretty much the opposite of racism uh whether that you know, that doesn't you know absolve dw griffith of what he made but uh that you know in, in evaluating these two films independently of each other is uh is a tricky tricky business and i think it's a pretty good film that given you know when it was made and, and what it looks like now is is pretty stunning uh, all things considered so Gina Corrado an Italian actor uh, who had a long career he's one of those supporting 
character actors in a lot of these movies you know the citizen kane casablanca gone with the wind rebecca sunrise etc 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 that isn't quite you know down at the level of uh, a lot of the names that i mentioned where uh you know that i kind of just skim through and skim over a lot but he doesn't you know he wasn't a name uh the way so many others were uh you know like a i don't know like a humphrey bogart like a orson wells like a Lawrence olivier etc and so on uh, of course you know i mean there's so only so many people who can reach that status uh gina corrado much more recognizable, much more familiar as an actor than, than some of the others. Uh, some of the films of his I haven't seen currently include Trouble in Paradise, The Killers, Fury, Dance Girl Dance, House of Frankenstein, Angel, The Mark of Zorro, The Talk of the Town, and Another Thin Man. Thin Man. Thin Man movies are pretty good. Uh, I've seen... 16% of his films on Letterboxd. I'm sure there's even more on IMDb. Uh, you know, he has 169 films on Letterboxd currently. That's a lot. That's so many. Uh, so, you know, 12 films later, he's still fourth overall. Maybe 12, you know, maybe with another year to go to get to next February, six films. Um, you know, it could fluctuate a little bit. Uh, but I fully expect to see Gino Corrado here uh, for a third time. In, in 2021. So, number four, born in February, number 41 overall, Gino Corrado. Number three, somebody else who was on this list two years ago. Last year, or yeah, two years ago, he was ranked second. Now he's ranked third. Born February 17th, 1981, in California. 39 films that I've seen, an average film rating of 61.21, no Oscar nominations, a value of 14, a score of 72.22 to be ranked 39th overall is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Two years ago, I had seen him in 34 films. He is now up to 39, so five films later. His average film rating has dropped about five points, so not quite as severely as some of the others, but he did drop one spot in this list. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, you know, from Inception, you know, he was in barely in Knives Out uh, earlier last year, which uh, doesn't, doesn't hurt at all. Uh, you know, he was in... Not, he hasn't been in a lot lately. He's been working, I think, quite substantially with his uh, side ventures, side products, projects. Uh, I think I've seen him recently in. Oh, there's one. There was a film I saw him in fairly recently. I remember called "Along for the Ride" from 2000, starring Patrick Swayze and uh, Melanie Griffith. That was not good. No, it's very bad. It's free to watch if you have amazon prime and yeah so that didn't help him at all it hurt quite a bit and but but you know joseph gordon levitt in it even back in 2000 like i like him in movies i like seeing him in movies i think he does a good job pretty much every time you know he has a wide range you know he can play robin in the dark knight rises he can play uh 
you know, from go from from that to Inception to 500 Days of Summer to Looper, 10 Things I Hate About You, uh, 50 50. I, I love his range. I think he's just really really fantastic as an actor. And while you know he's kind of on a yeah, hiatus, I guess is the best way to way to phrase it now. I really hope he he comes back and I don't know has some big stuff coming and it looks like the next film he's going to be in is The Trial of the Chicago 7 which is a really exciting project written and directed by Aaron Sorkin uh it, yeah it's um it it seems like it's a perfect fit for Sorkin and hopefully it is also a perfect fit for Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He is the third build actor on the list of names for that film. So looking forward to that. Um, as nice as it is to see him you know, have his one line of dialogue in things like Star Wars The Last Jedi and Knives Out, because that really helps his score, I'd like to see more movies where he's actually you know, a, a prominent role. So... Uh, some of the films of his I haven't seen, uh, according to popularity, are Miracle at St. Anna, The Juror from 1996, Latter Days from 2003, Women in Trouble from 2009, Shadow Boxer, 7500 from last year, which I don't know anything about, Holy Matrimony from 1994, and The Road Killers also from 1994. So a handful of films for him uh, that I haven't seen, uh, even including ones I'm familiar with, especially having you know looked up his other movies from time to time. I'm not going to say I'm disappointed that he's, he's on this list. I, I like seeing him up here. I probably enjoy him as an actor more than most, but... Number three, born in February, number 39 overall, is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Which brings us to number two, the last person in this month's top ten that was not on the list two years ago. Jumping all the way up to second in born in February. Uh, born February 8th, 1925, passing June 27th, 2001 the age of 76, born uh, from Massachusetts, uh, 14 films to his name that I've seen, an average film rating of 71, uh, four Oscar-nominated performances that I've seen, and one Oscar-nominated win, a value of 11, a score of 73.13 to be ranked 33rd overall is Mr. Jack Lemon, or uh, as he was born, John Uller Lemon III. Um, Jack Lemon, most famous for things like The Apartment and Some Like It Hot and Glengarry Glen Ross and uh, you know, The Odd Couple, Grumpy Old Men, is not someone I, uh, you know, I am very familiar with Jack Lemon, even in, you know, a couple of months ago. And a couple, you know, a couple of months ago, I probably would have said that he's a good, good comedic actor. That's probably how I would have described him. But I talked about in the in the top ten January film episode Irma LaDuce and, and how much I loved Irma LaDuce and Jack Lemmon is so good in it. 
And since that time, I have seen another film directed by Billy Wilder called Avanti. Uh, Irma LaDuce came out in 1963. Avanti was almost 10 years later in 72. And it is exquisite. It's a wonderful comedy uh, directed by Billy Wilder. And what makes those movies so good is Jack Lemmon. He just... He has such fantastic, uh, just just repertoire, chemistry, uh, timing with every single person around him, and you know you think I think about it now, looking back at the other movies I've seen him in, JFK, uh, The Player, Missing, uh, <laughs> The Legend of Bagger Vance, uh, and so on. He knows his role so well, and he. He just he he latches on to all these little you know ticks and eccentricities and and odd choices that all these characters make and they're not always the same and he he just it, he makes it work he he you know even like I felt in Avante I felt like man he's a little old for this role uh, and, I, and, and even in Irma Laduce I was like he's a little he doesn't you know he's not a bad looking guy but he's not you know, a supermodel, handsome, washboard abs type of an actor. Not that, you know, that's what they were looking for back in the 60s exactly, but, uh, you know, he he's able to overcome what you might think of are, you know, interesting casting decisions, you know, to give us a Jack Lemon when somebody maybe 10 years younger, somebody maybe a couple of points more attractive would be better suited, you would expect, for these roles. And yet, I, he, he's wonderful in these movies. And I think now, despite the fact that like the, the films I've seen him in most recently are comedies, I think he's a good actor. I think he is a very good actor. And I'm really pleased to see him rise up through the rankings so, so quickly. I watched another film of his, uh, that he was, quote-unquote, his, um, called... Jack Lemon, America's Everyman, which came out in 96. I think it's free on Amazon Prime, uh, which is just a documentary. I'm one of two people who's logged it on Letterboxd, and I'm the only person that's given it a rating. And it doesn't do a lot, and it didn't even rate it very highly. But just getting more insight into him as an actor and, you know, how when he first started acting, people told him he had to change his last name because nobody wants to cast Lemon in a movie... Uh, you know, he's got, you know, such a wonderful, he's made a, you know, he made a great career for himself, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching some more of his films, which include some of the other films of his I haven't seen, Hamlet, from 1996, The China Syndrome, from, 90, from 79, Days of Wine and Roses, one I'm very much looking forward to, The uh, Bell, Book, and Candle, The Fortune Cookie, Mr. Roberts, The Great Race, The Front Page, uh, Grumpier Old Men, Airport 77, The Out of Towners, It Should Happen to You, My Fellow Americans. Uh, yeah, uh, there's so many. There's a lot. The Odd Couple too. He did a lot of presumably bad comedy sequels. He's got almost 90 films on Letterboxd that I uh, total, and I've seen, you know, an eighth of them. So I, I still have many, many films to watch from Mr. Jack Lemon, 
and I am looking forward to them. Days of Wine and Roses, The China Syndrome are two very high on my list that I'm looking into. I'm, I'm very excited to see. I've heard really good things about those. Uh, but, yeah, looking looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. So, number two, born in February. Number 33 overall, Jack Lemon. Which brings us to our number one. And it's a little bit of a letdown because it's going to be a name that it's it's one of those actors who's a you know back behind the scenes background character in every movie that he's in. He was ranked sixth uh, in uh, back in 2018. He jumped up five spots, and uh, there's a good reason for it. Born February 26th, 1905, passing away December 14th, 1964, at the age of 59, from Massachusetts just like Jack Lemmon, 58 film credits that I've seen. An average film rating of 61.33, a value of 14.5, and a score of 73.78 to be ranked 28th overall is Burt Stevens. Two years ago, when he was ranked 6th, I'd seen 17 films with Burt Stevens in them. So I have seen 41 Burt Stevens films in the last two years, uh, which is very easy to do when he's not the main character in any of them. Uh, you know, just watching a lot of old films, he's, uh, you know, he's got 100 film credits on Letterboxd, but I think, you know, upwards of like 200 on IMDb. Uh, if I can search IMDb for his name, uh, you know, he's... Let's see, they say he has 400, 400 film credits on IMDb. So it's, it's you know, a lot of the actors like this, I watch an older movie and they're not listed on the cast list of the Letterboxd page. And then when I go to IMDb and I look and, you know, I'm double checking the cast list. I'm like, oh, Burt Stevens is in this. Oh, Best Flowers is in this. Oh, William H. O'Brien is in this. Oh, you know, all these people whose names I'm familiar with because they're on my spreadsheet. But, you know, aren't, aren't, you know, they're uncredited in pretty much all of their roles. James Milliken, uh, D- Douglas Spencer, uh, and, and so on and so forth. It, it you know, it just, uh, it's what it is. So, uh, you know, you end up watching half of these movies from, you know, the 30s, 40s, 50s that, surprise, surprise, um, Bird Stevens is in them. What do you know? Uh, so some of these films... Include Inherit the Wind, Stage Door, Meet John Doe, Elmer Gantry, Auntie Mame, Earth vs. the Flying Saucers, Royal Wedding, The Harder They Fall, Destination Moon, Midnight Lace, Where the Boys Are, The Last Hurrah, uh, Pocketful of Miracles, Jack the Giant Killer was a lot of fun to watch, The Prize, Too Many Husbands, Rocket Ship, XM, The Facts of Life, Dive Bomber, The Second Woman, First Love, Mr. 880, The Wheeler Dealers, Woman's World, Miracles for Sale, A Very Special Favor, Confirm or Deny, That Brennan Girl, Juvenile Court, like I've seen like a dozen of those in the last couple of weeks. Uh, so, you know, Bird Stevens. He's he's kind of becoming one of those big names that's just going to be at the top of my spreadsheet for a long time, alongside Best Flowers, alongside William H. O'Brien, uh, and, and and many others. 
you know, he's probably number three in that list at the moment. Uh, but you know, it's it's when you know the three of them are probably in you know a, a hundred films together. <laughs> you know, like it's so easy to watch their uh, film counts tick up very very rapidly. Uh, so uh, some of the films of his I haven't seen. So some popular old films: Dance Girl Dance, Ball of Fire. He is also in Days of Wine and Roses, The Cane Mutiny, Where the Sidewalk Ends, Niagara, Caught, The Furies, Tea and Sympathy, The Major and the Minor, Body and Soul, Somebody Up There Likes Me, and I Wake Up Screaming. Many films, many, many, many films. Uh, you know, One of the things I try to do with actors like this, I look on their IMDb page and I'll maybe look for a genre uh, that I have haven't seen much from. You know, for Burt Stevens, I'd probably look for some westerns, and more than that, I'll look for you know what films are Burt Stevens and William H. O'Brien in, and then I'll find all the ones that they're both in that also have been nominated for Oscars, and those will be the highest priority, and you know go from there. You know, if I gotta watch Burt Stevens films, I'll at least try to watch them that check off other things at the same time. You know, whether that's an actor, whether that's an Oscar nomination, or something um, else. So, number one. Born in February, number uh, 28 overall is Burt Stevens. I will run down that top 10 list one more time. Starting at number 10, Bonnie Wright, Laura Dern, Henry Bergman, Julie Walters, Kin Sugai, Alan Rickman, Gino Corrado, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Jack Lemmon, and number one, Burt Stevens. That is your top 10 February-born actors, according to my spreadsheet, uh, for 2020. Slightly different from 2018, uh, but some familiar faces and ones I hope will stick around for a while. Uh, That said, uh, that's pretty much it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. It does mean a lot. If you'd like to find more episodes of the show, you can head over to to iTunes, Stitcher, places where podcasts can be found. You can find all the episodes on circleoffilm.com. You can find me on Twitter at Circle of Film. You can find me on Letterboxd at Circle of Film. You can email circleoffilm at gmail.com. You can support the show, like it, rate it, review it, subscribe to it, tell somebody about it, or just listen. Listening, you know, goes the furthest, does the best, makes me, you know, makes it worth it. Uh, but if you are so inclined, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash circle of film, where for as little as eight cents an episode, you can get early access to all the episodes that are released early. Uh, you can also, that's $1 a month. Um, I have to thank you for listening. I also have to thank Brian for being such a wonderful, considerate patron, uh, for the show. And for me means a lot, uh, does not go unappreciated whatsoever. That's it. Thank you for listening. And as always have a week. So long, farewell. I'll be the same good night. I know she'll never. Even as she fades from view So long, farewell, I'll be to say adieu Nothing's really left or lost without a trace Nothing's gone forever, only out of place So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be to say Wait a minute, wait a minute